are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Kings. It's the day before the NBA trade deadline. Will something happen with the Kings? Who knows? They've made some big trades before. We'll see if this year has anything in store. I'm Jason Ross, and I have guests, multiple guests in studio the one, the only, Matt George, and the one, the only. Can it be the one and the only, both of you? And Charles T. Hamilton. Can I be up, the guys? two and the only? Mm-hmm. The two and the only. The dual. The double. Double threat. Hot start. Hot start. We are underway. <laughs> Tanking. So, yes. Uh, so, you guys are here to report all of the King's trades that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What do we got? Nothing? <sighs> Nothing yet? Garrett Temple for LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They'd have to throw in Cleveland, more. Yeah, Cleveland was really high on that one. They're struggling, so they have to throw in mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Probably that Brooklyn pick at least. <laughs> at least. At least. How are you guys? I'm good, man. I, I This is my favorite time of the year. Yeah. This is my, I love trade deadline mm-hmm. season. I, I feel like I say that a lot because all sports are my favorite time of the year, but this is really, truly my favorite time of the year. There's nothing like trade uh, trade deadline day, especially with how big NBA is on, on Twitter and on social media. It's just a day of working your thumbs out, just constantly refreshing your feed, finding out what's going on. And, and the closer we get to the the clock striking noon here, 3 Eastern time, uh, it just gets crazier and crazier and more fun. And because the NBA is such a star-powered league, uh, there's really nothing like it in sports. And it, it's it's hard because you don't want to look at players as property, but it's almost, they like, are. <laughs> it's almost like you go back to kids trading card, bubblegum baseball cards or Pokemon days or whatever the heck you were into and just being so interested and active and trying to trade cards and getting the best deal. Uh, it's it's dream time for me and fantasy time. Charles, were you a Pokemon guy? You know, I, I was not. <laughs> I, was biting, I was biting my tongue. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to. He was a hipster Digimon. Clown guy. these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you no, think? Pogs we, for sure. Because uh, well, we already had a big one. Blake Griffin. Exactly. A and that's trade. what I was going to say. I think it's kind of going to be similar to last year where Demarcus Cousins was the big trade. And then as some smaller moves happened. I, you know, Tyler Zeller got dealt the other day. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see some stuff like that. I think the biggest move has already been made, though, which is awesome and mm-hmm. was fun. But as far as stuff that goes down to the deadline, I love it, but it usually doesn't pay off like you'd like. You know, yeah. the the Blake trade was great, and I'm with Matt. I'm going to be refreshing my page every, mm-hmm. you know, couple minutes and just waiting for that big one. But I think it already happened. The real question is who's going to win, though, Woj or Shams? Because that's, that's a good, the battle yeah, that everybody's yeah. got their eye that on. That is a good question. Shams, like, might be the most improved, mm-hmm. right? Oh, like, for sure. It was Woj's territory. Yeah. Now Sham sneaks in with a few. Rookie of the year, most improved, but he's yeah. he's pushing the MVP a little bit, too. He is. I'm throwing my hat in the ring, too. Yeah. I'm going to be breaking I'll some refresh news. Refresh your page. I'll, be, I'll just be – that's my move is just retweet what they did like a second later and be and like, be I, I had Someone it. Someone will think I had you it. did it. And then yeah, Photoshop I, I the timestamp yeah. at the bottom of the exactly. tweet. Yeah. I got it a day ago. I got yeah. – yeah, I got my, my ear, ear to the ground. I'm sure a lot of you guys have been asked about the Kings in this. I, we heard the George Hill rumor forever – I don't know how much assets they have. I think they'd like to be involved, but do you guys think they're going to actually do anything? I'd be disappointed if the Kings didn't make a move, um, but I think they're actually in a good situation to where usually you always look at what what's the team doing, buying or selling or rebuilding. And I don't think, well, we know the Kings are rebuilding, but I don't think they're really leaning any one direction super far to where uh, they have the benefit of being able to sit back on their haunches and keep up what they got because what's the worst that can happen? They're the same thing with the low expectations. 
or they could try and be active in, in dealing a veteran, which I'd like to see them deal at least one of them because I think you can get some value back. A guy like Acosta Kufos or a George Hill, if you can get anything in return from right now and cut the contract as well, uh, I think that would be the best thing to do. But I think the Kings are in a very, very comfortable spot as opposed to some teams that are better than them that are almost in more of a scramble. I would like to see them open one roster spot for Jakar Sampson, personally. So whether that means it's George Hill, Koof is whoever, whatever the deal might be, uh, that that's the one thing I'd like to see get done. But I also think they, and I'm part of it too, I think we all kind of overestimated the assets that they signed this last offseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, I don't think you're going to get much for Zach Randolph, who has 12 mil on his, on his deal next year, guaranteed. Uh, George Hill... Not having the greatest year. I think George Hill would be the most likely because someone would take a chance on him. Yeah. Just figure he's had a rough half of the season. But uh, I, I I don't know. I think Kufus or, or Temple are probably most likely. Yeah, the rumor of George before, I mean, I'm not anti getting rid of – they can move anybody. There should mm-hmm. be nobody unprotected. But it felt like that was just strictly to save some money on yeah. a contract that – I don't – I don't see it really helping the Kings yeah. that much. And I think the most important thing that may be hard for some fans to understand is the Kings should approach this trade deadline, in my opinion, approach it with their their goal in mind and completely goal-oriented. Goal Only make moves that fit your long-term plan, which right. is a rebuild and developing players. To me, going out and if some way, shape, or form, the Kings could land a guy like a George Hill or, a, or sorry, a Paul George or a big name that's an expiring contract that's great in the short term and it looks shiny and sexy initially, but then you realize it doesn't match what they're trying to do at all. It helps nothing, and you run the risk of losing them, a guy like a Paul George, for an example. Not saying the Kings even have a remote shot at landing a guy like that, but ultimately, if the Kings are going to make a move, I hope they look long and hard at, does this fit what we want to do? Can we stick to the same game plan? Because I think the worst possible thing they could do is change it again just because of one little deal. And we've all talked about the veterans any sneaky move of a young guy i mean how can they come back with the all the young guys next i just don't see how they can have all of them i mean maybe this off season i think that's where you look at that i don't think anything at the trade deadline especially matt was mentioning contracts you're not going to give up these young guys for an expiring uh expiring deal but also and uh, tanking is the wrong term but I don't think you want to bring anything back that makes you immediately better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that win against uh, uh, Chicago mm-hmm. a couple nights ago actually, you know, kind of messed with their their positioning. They were, I think, at second. Now they're third or fourth right now. Uh, and one win can do that. And you know, there's still plenty of season to yeah for go wherever one way they, or the other. exactly. But I I wouldn't want to bring in someone unless it's a long term thing. That you know, if you can go out and get C.J. McCollum for for whatever sure. reason, not that they can. Uh, who's under contract for a couple of years? That makes sense, but I wouldn't go out and find someone to to win more games. Really, I, I'd look at draft picks and maybe some young guys. But I mean, who's out there really? Yeah. And with the trade deadline being earlier, there's still so much season left. Right. So to Chuck's point, you could bring in a good player that drastically. We're not talking about getting the Kings a jump into a playoff spot, but there's a plenty of games left to move the Kings from the conversation of one, two, three, or four to seven, eight, nine, ten, which is how they've been, or the area that they've been picking in consistently throughout the last couple of years, and we've seen how far that's gotten them. So, like I said, stick with the plan. If the plan is to lose games but still develop young talent and get a better draft pick, don't make any move that compromises that. And not that it's overrated where you pick, 
but no matter where you pick, you have to get you have to get it right. This organization that's, does exactly. I mean, yeah. that's what matters. It's it's not. I mean, if Boston took Tatum at number one when Fultz and uh, and Ball and Ball were were the ones that were looked at to go number one, they'd be right. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're looking at the Fultz pick right now and kind of rolling our eyes. So no matter where it is, they have to they have to get the pick right. But you probably have a better chance of getting it right if you're higher up in the draft. Yeah, I just hate. The thought of, I mean, they're losing on their own. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any, yeah, yeah, um, right, tanking going on. They're doing just fine yeah, in the loss yeah. department. But if they, the one year they had 17 wins, terrible season, yeah. best chance to get number one, and they got fourth. <laughs> and that just feels like the double whammy. It's like, I well, <laughs> you lose all this time. At least they're picking first. Yeah, there's something to be said of finishing with second, third, or fourth worst record, and then winning the lottery because mm-hmm. then you feel like you actually won something. Blake Griffin should have been a king. Could have been, yeah. They still trade for him. Huh? No, not happening. Not, not they didn't the have moment. the assets to get it done. But wh- how would you guys have felt about that if they were able to acquire someone like that? Yeah, if they, yeah. if it was you know George Hill and two or three young guys and a it, future first or it something. It feels like, like that. it would be a change of course. Yeah, contractually it would make sense because you have him long term and you're paying yeah. a lot of money, so that would be good. You solve your problem of not yeah. having a superstar, yeah. but your plan completely changes again. And at yeah. that point, you go back to now we have the established talent. Can we surround him with good talent? And when you're still trying to develop while still having established talent, I don't think you can do both. But what about and Matt? You and I at the game the other night were talking about other players that are maybe not working out. In other, and one guy I brought up to you was Moutier. I, I don't think that highly of him, but still very young. It doesn't seem like it's working in Denver. Someone like that that maybe it's not going to cost you much to get, and maybe you give it a run and you go, hey, it works, or no. It's not going to someone like that, whether that's now at the deadline or in the offseason that you try to pick off from another team that you say they just need a change of scenery and maybe Sacramento works. Yeah, I mean, why not? I, I don't know who I, Moody specifically. I kind of yeah, not that, not, but that's yeah. a name like uh, yeah. If you look at Chris Dunn, he was kind right. of the, looked at as a bust in Minnesota for yeah. one year, but right. he's he's doing well in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, change of scenery can definitely help. So yeah, that's definitely things I'd be looking at, and that's also where I think. Uh, you were talking about they can't run it back with all these young guys. That'll come into play uh, this offseason, I mm-hmm. think, where they might be able to package a couple young guys for someone who's, you know, still young, 24, 25, but a little more seasoned, maybe looking for a change of scenery, like you said. So I think that's when that will come into play. It's hard to kind of predict who that would be, though, at this moment. Yeah, and I think we're all in agreement that the Kings can't continue to try and develop the nine or ten young guys that they, they have on their roster right now. Uh, However, going back to an earlier question that you asked, Jason, in regards to could you see a sneaky move coming with these young guys, it's it's hard to picture the Kings making a move involving any young guy unless that's an add-on to a deal. For example, if you're... The, the alleged George Hill trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers. If if you ended up getting Shumpert and Channing Frye back, the Kings would have to open up a roster spot, which so you'd include Malachi Richardson mm-hmm. in the deal per se. I don't think the Kings are going to be willing or wanting to give away any young talent that actually has significant value. Guys like a Fox, a Frank Mason, or a Bogdan Bogdanovich. So, Papi Giannis. Uh, po- well. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of add yeah. I don't even think he could get in as an add-on right now, which is (laughs) unfortunate. But um, I like what Chuck said earlier, too, because especially in this recent Chicago game that we just watched uh, where the Kings were struggling so bad to just get any kind of spark, why not when you're a team that's where you're at, low expectations, losing is good, winning is good for the development of players, 
why not give guys like Jakar Sampson some run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's I'm I'm also just a fan. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I think he should be on a on a team. And if it's not the Kings, I think he'll end up somewhere else. And so why waste the development of a young player? For, for another team. And Jakar Sampson has filled the gap that I think Frank Mason left behind when he got hurt. When Mason would come off the bench, he'd provide a lot of energy, hustle, and spark that was it was contagious by Kings players. Jakar Sampson, I think, does the same thing. Without Jakar, I don't think the Kings ever get back into that game against the Chicago Bulls yeah. because they were flat. They were dead. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's something that the veterans can't provide this team. They can provide all the lessons on the planet, uh, but that spark they can't provide, which is what you're looking towards the young players, and I think Jarkar Sampson fits that mold perfectly. So what would you guys do? Let's assume nothing happens for the Kings. So now you're in the final, whatever, 30 games, 20 games, whatever it is, uh, to go. They kind of made the edict before where they're not going to play all the veterans. They've had to play them all now recently because of injuries. Yeah. But let's say they don't make a move. The whole roster's the same. Is it all young guys the rest of the way or kind of the way they're doing it now? what they're doing now i mean maybe maybe some more young guys but I, I like that they're kind of mixing it up a little bit and i you know like you said they're kind of losing on their own they don't yeah. need to go too far especially because i think they have an idea on some players already um players that we don't see play you know i don't think they're going to start giving them time uh i i think i think just more of the status quo basically which will get them to where they need to be yeah <laughs> Well, first thing I'm doing is I'm 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 taking Papianis's roster spot away and I'm giving it to Jakar. If if no moves are made and you need to open a roster spot, that's what you need to do. I you guys get, are done with him. You can keep developing him if you yeah. want, but I'd I'd rather give him. But a, in order to develop, you have to see progress, right? And that's the problem. Is some I've Baby heard steps. I've heard footwork, <laughs> but I I haven't. That's good screens. Good screener. Sure. Yeah. And I've heard you team. talk about when you were with Damien on the lowdown. Yeah. We don't screen shame. <laughs> multiple times I've heard you say that if he got 35 minutes, if you gave him 35 minutes, you think he'd probably pull down 10 rebounds. I do. Who knows about points, but yeah. he'd probably get the job done just because of his sheer size. Right. But in the small flashes of minutes that we've seen for somebody that is that big, and I don't want to get too far on a Papiana soapbox, but for someone who is that big and that built, still struggles to not just pull down rebounds but to put himself in the right position to me when I watch Papianis play I still think the game is way too fast for him and guys like Jakar Sampson come in and Jakar knows what he does and knows what he does well Mm -hmm. and even if you want to say oh KD crossed him up the other night and he fell down or oh he got dunked on the other night by uh, Zach Levine he's in the right positions he's where he's supposed to be the difference between Jakar Sampson's IQ and Papianis's IQ is huge to me and, and if, effort and yeah. energy and all that. Yeah, and if there's a, if I could pick a nit here, you know, he's he makes a lot more money than Jakar would coming up. Not that True. money's really that much of a factor, but he's not on a minimum minimum contract or anything. You know, he's he's getting paid and, and they have very little to show for it. But, to but bring, whoever it is, whoever yeah. it is, Jakar Sampson deserves a roster spot. Yeah, and to bring it back to to your question, sorry to go off on that Papiana soapbox, but. I would be okay with the Kings resting three vets a night, especially yeah. as we get closer down the stretch. I mean. They, as of right now, it's two. Um, three veterans playing, even in stretches, I think is too much. If if you want Justin Jackson out there, eventually Malachi Richardson, when he comes back from injury, I'd like to see him get some run and give him an opportunity to, if nothing else, raise his trade stock for the up, uh, for the upcoming offseason. But we forget Frank Mason's coming back, right. and he's going to be immediately back into the rotation. De'Aaron Fox, you want to give starter minutes. Willie, I think, is more than deserving. Bogdan is starting consistently, and he's really, really good as well. We have Buddy Heald that's playing out of his mind right now, or the best he's played all season long. 
veterans, in my opinion, as we get closer to the end of the season, they're important for the development, but they cost opportunity. So if, I think we might see some flu-like symptoms and some back soreness pop up yeah, on some of these uh, random spin the wheel yeah, injuries. Exactly. And uh, I think that's my that might be how they they handle that. I'd like to see the Kings try and get through an entire game or a, a stretch of games consistently, going through offensive funks and not having to rely on Zach Randolph to try and get them back in. You said Kings and consistency in the hmm. same sentence. That's, hmm. that's tough. So, um, if I asked each of you to, and you could pick the same three young guys you would build around from this roster. And they don't have to be your future stars, but three of the guys that you say, yeah, that's that's who I would go with going I forward. I mean, I think Bogey, uh, Heald, and, and uh, De'Aaron. Yeah. But, uh, Same. Yeah. I, uh, no Willie? I like Willie. I was going to talk about Willie, maybe throw him in there, but we talked about consistency. And he's three years in. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll find yeah. it in year four, year five, but it just hasn't. I don't know. I think I think you can replace what he does easier than you can say a guy like Bogey, who yeah. I've, I like what I've, I like his game a lot. He's he's been impressive. The shot hasn't been what we thought it would be, and maybe that's something that'll change that he can fix or or whatever. Maybe it'll just start falling. But uh, he he clearly knows the game, and you know to be cliche has the high IQ and all that. Yeah. So I think those three, and then Buddy, three point shooting is one of the most important you know traits in the nba right now and and he can do that there's no doubt about that he's one of the best at it really and then De'Aaron, obviously just potential yeah no doubt yeah the word potential with fox is the big one bogey in my opinion is the best player on this team right now i think he's been the best player on the kings all season long most altogether player i think clearly the smartest player on the floor everybody you can tell respects him and trusts him with the ball in his hands which is important he seems to always find the open man uh, man he communicates very very well and then, as of right now, I think when the Kings need a bucket, other than Zach Randolph, uh, or a, a big stretch of points, Buddy Heald is their go-to guy. Um, so, yeah, it would be that three for me. I was going to have hesitation. Willie in there, and, and, and then he got that forehead tat, and I just can't. That was a deal breaker? Uh, that, that was it. That was it. That's why I'm going to get that's one. Why he was, that's why he's on your list. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's your list? Do you have three? Um, I would definitely have Bogey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I probably want to have four. I think those are the four. But if yeah. I had to eliminate one, maybe I would eliminate Buddy. But I might regret that. Yeah. See, I think his... Buddy's starting to finally get it. I think he is exact. I I don't think he's going to change much. But I mean, that's not a problem. I think he's going mm-hmm. to be a three point scorer. Mm-hmm. It's got his role, and I think th- I think there'll be nights as he gets goes on that he might have 30 yeah. like a Lou Williams like yeah. a Manu like a Jason Terry whatever if he could be a six man score like that that would be great but I think there might be other nights where he's got about 11 and mm-hmm. not as critical in the overall mass of the team but there's roles like And the thing like with that. those comparisons those are borderline guys they can start sure. you know give you some spot starts and play well For good but teams, yeah. but yeah exactly they there'll also be some some dunkers in there Yeah but uh I'm with you if there's a fourth if we're upping it to four, Willie would be in yeah. there. And I like Scal too, but, you know, he's had his, again, consistency. And maybe it'll be Giles. That's the kind of the yeah. the floating thing out there that That's, we just don't yeah, know about. Seriously. <laughs> uh, well, guys, this is uh, – it's been fun for me to do Locked on Kings. You guys are going to be, like, just taking this over. Hostile yeah. takeover. And taking it to yeah. – oh, not another hostile. You and those hostile, hostile takeovers. Man. I'm hella hostile. Yeah. Everybody hostile. looks at you and thinks of you as <laughs> – Exactly. Like, the street shows us. Oh boy! What is happening here? I, I beat it. He's just Jay getting Ross. an edge, yeah, and yeah. I'm just—I'm kind of about to... arms crossed, getting scared. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, you want to <laughs> take this over? I drive a Hyundai. <laughs> and he means it. Uh, no, it's been a lot of fun for me, and I know you guys are going to uh, kind of sometimes have the show together. Mm-hmm. Charles, you may have it one time or a week. and Matt, It's, it's going to be Locked on Kings. is just going to keep going and going and going. Yes, sir. The only thing consistent is going to be the Kings. Ex- exactly. Wow. Yeah. Interesting to yeah. say. Well, I'd like to come back and show up on the podcast every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, work you time we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll book yeah. it. Maybe. I'll talk to our agent. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, we got a lot to, lot to say. A lot no, but to say. <laughs> sincerely, though, or uh, sincerely, what you've done with the Locked on Kings podcast has been fantastic. Being able to watch it grow, listen to it ourselves, and being able to see uh, more and more people getting behind it and hearing about it, what better commentary than to get the guy that's up there at every single game working with G-Man and working with the radio broadcast team also plugged in so deeply into KHDK. So we appreciate what you've brought it to and to trust us to be able to hand it over. We, can uh, and we, we cannot wait to tear it down. Thanks for building the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. We are now the captains. Yeah. Here we go. I'm the captain Bring now. on Jack and Rose. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate you, Jay Ross. You're the man. <laughs> Did we end it on Jack and Rose? I, that- you know, I I, I was going to go into my whole deal about how Rose should be tried for murder because she could have easily let Jack on the on the door. Now, now here I go. Can we go here back go. to Pokemon cards? Yeah. Yes. Where's Nick Cage? We didn't get a Nick Cage Nick reference. Cage? Well, you're going to get plenty of Nick Cage. Okay. You can get plenty of Nick Cage. Canceled. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Thank you, thank Jay you. Ross. There you go. That's another edition of Locked on Kings. See ya. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.